Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. This is Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and it's Monday, the day of the week that we read back some of the messages you've sent into the show recently. Uh, let's see, Rob, if you have no objection, I think I'm going to jump right in with some responses to our Beast War and Apron episodes. These were about non-human animals doing various things that you might call cooking. Let's do it. Okay, so th- we, we've gotten so many responses to those uh, studies about apes and uh, apes eating raw potatoes and uh, and then people writing in to say, sometimes I eat raw potatoes or one time when I was a kid at church, they made me eat a whole raw potato or something. Uh, so, so Chad continues the tradition. Chad says, about 20 years ago, I worked in uh, I worked in food service and took a serve safe class. I still remember the horror stories of what can happen if cooked potatoes are not cooled properly, which can lead to botulism. I was unfamiliar with the effects of raw potatoes, but a Google search indicates they can cause gastrointestinal issues. I'd say cook your potatoes and promptly cool any you won't eat right away. And on this part of the message, I, I wanted to respond by saying, yeah, Chad, I, I was looking into this and uh, what I was reading about the danger of baked potatoes that haven't been cooled properly was specifically with reference to those that had been wrapped tightly in aluminum foil, mm-hmm. potentially creating 
an anaerobic environment that is favorable to botulism. Uh, so, for example, I found a study in the Journal of Infectious Diseases. This was, a, or I guess, this was a case report called "A Large Outbreak of Botulism: The Hazardous Baked Potato" by uh, Angulo et al. So this is tracing an outbreak of botulism that happened in April 1994 in El Paso, Texas, that was traced back to a restaurant, uh, and specifically the people who were affected primarily were those who ate a potato-based dip or an eggplant-based dip. I guess that'd be baba ganoush, probably. And the authors write, quote, botulism toxin type A was detected from patients and in both dips. Toxin formation resulted from holding aluminum foil-wrapped baked potatoes at room temperature apparently for several days before they were used in the dips. Consumers should be informed of the potential hazards caused by holding foil-wrapped potatoes at ambient temperatures after cooking. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I guess they, they baked the potato, but it was tightly wrapped in foil, and then they just left it out and uh, didn't didn't cool it, and, and somehow that created an anaerobic environment where the, the botulinum could thrive, or the spores, I guess, and uh, and yeah, that, that's no good, so you don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, I was talking about this with, uh, with my mother, uh, and uh, as it turns out, I, I didn't remember this, or I'd never noticed this, but... Uh, her whole life whilst preparing to, uh, potatoes, she always uh, eats the ends of the potato raw when slicing up the potatoes. Huh. Yeah. She just says that. That's what I do. I like to do it. Just likes them? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, but then one last note, Rob, you, you mentioned in a previous episode that you were terrified by your, your mandolin. Uh, or I don't <laughs> know about terrified. Maybe I'm misrepresenting. But you, you expressed concerns about the uh, the slicing off of your fingertips. And Chad comes with a recommendation. He says, as for the mandolin, I recommend cut-resistant gloves. So they make it kind of – I don't know if it's a chainmail sort of thing for your hand, but you can just slice away on the mandolin. It, it's not going through those gloves. You know, I just purchased a pair of these for my mother, uh, but I didn't even think about the fact that I could get a pair of these for myself and <laughs> and have some stress-free mandolin uh, usage. Because, yeah, I, I still haven't bothered to replace the mandolin with a safer mandolin, and I'm still just, like, uh, shredding half a carrot and then asking, hey, who wants to eat this? Uh, which often works if, if my son is around. Chad says one last thing, which is, you might think using a glove while using a mandolin is a hassle, but I encourage you to take a stab at it. Ah. Uh, there will be a number of dad jokes in this episode, actually. Oh, yeah. We did recently rerun that episode. That's right. Oh, that would be why. Okay. All right. This next one comes to us from Amanda. Amanda writes in and says, Hi, Robert and Joe. Longtime listener here. Stuff to Blow Your Mind was the very first podcast I subscribed to way back in 2012. Recently, I've been listening during my commute to and from the International Primate Protection League Sanctuary, where I work as a caregiver for 30 white-handed gibbons. I was pleased to hear Gibbons uh, come up in the episode, The Beast Wore an Apron. I've never observed the water cupping behavior you mentioned, but they sometimes dip the backs of their hands in water and then suck it from their fur. I have read that wild Gibbons rarely descend to the ground and instead drink the water that collects in their hairs as they swing through the dewy forest. Gross. <laughs> no, I don't know. That sounds kind of... I mean, the, the, the dewy, it's, you know, it's... it's 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 fine it's fine okay next time you're thirsty just wait till you know you get out of the shower and then wring your hair out into your mouth delicious 
All right. Uh, anyway, uh, they continue. On the cooked versus raw question, our Gibbons love cooked sweet potato. They are offered it as part of their breakfast each morning, and it is usually the first item they pluck from their bucket of mostly raw veggies and browse. Uh, they, uh, they also prefer their beets cooked, and some are willing to try healthy muffins, quiches, and other baked goods. If you do decide to do an episode on frozen foods, I can also confirm that Gibbons eat banana popsicles. <laughs> One unpopular prepared food item among Gibbons is Jello. Many fail to recognize it as food. Some are even afraid of its jiggling novelty. Maui, our greediest Gibbon, who has earned the nickname the Cookie Monster, fled to a high platform the first time I placed a cube beside his lunch bucket. I love this. I've attached a video of Nicholas with his morning sweet potato. Like us, Gibbons think that it's rude to video others while they're eating. You can see more videos of Gibbons eating things um, on the IPPL Instagram, and that is IPPL underscore Somerville. So I checked out this video, and uh, Nicholas the Gibbon here, he's eating a cooked sweet potato, and he's peeling the skin back, it looks like. Like, he's (laughs) eating the orange flesh, and then the... The, the skin is hanging around the outside like a candy bar wrapper peeled back. So I wonder, do they eventually eat the skin or do they throw it away? Hmm, interesting. Well, thanks for writing in. That was all. That was that was that was wonderful. I know so much more about Gibbons now. Yeah. Great email. Thank you, Amanda. All right. Should we move on to some responses to the vegetable lamb of tartary? Let's do it. All right, let's see here. This one was from, this is from James. James says, hi guys, love the podcast. I've been listening since the early days regarding cobwebs. They really do work. Uh, this was an aside in the episode about uh, the, a traditional remedy of people trying to staunch bleeding from wounds by cramming it with cobwebs. Mm. James says, my grandfather grew up in the slums of Glasgow in the uh, 30s and 40s, and that was all they used on cuts. He taught me how to use that and plantain, the lawn weed, not the banana, to stop bleeding when I was young. You put a bit on a cut and it coagulates in under a minute. Having taken a bit of organic chemistry, my guess is it bonds to the protein fibrils that form in clotting blood and ties them together into a solid mass much more quickly. Hmm. Not sure if any study has been done, but studies have been done on using plantain to clot blood. It contains an enzyme that accelerates clotting, and I can personally say cobwebs are faster. Not a good sample size, but it's very noticeable. Hmm. A great input, James. Thank you. James also says... Uh, On the topic of lab-grown meat, a friend of mine mentioned an aspect of it that you didn't touch on. If you can grow lion meat, you can grow human meat. Hear me out. I have no desire to be a cannibal, but how long do you think it would be before some Hollywood star decided to culture a tissue sample and sell steaks? (laughs) Seems far-fetched, but Nicolas Cage would totally do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. A cage steak. Yeah. Anyway, keep it up. Love the show and really love Weird House Cinema. Cheers, James. Well, yeah, that's that's a lot to think about. Um, what happens when we get into the realm of uh, of, uh, of cultured human meat and then celebrity human meat that has been mm-hmm. cultured? Um, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit, right? Who's the most delicious celebrity human? I mean, maybe it's Nicolas Cage. I don't know. I, I, I guess you would... I, I don't know. I guess you want... I'm uh, trying to think about the, the, some of the logic of, um, of of meat. I guess you want... Good marbling, you know. Yeah, you want good marbling. You'd, I guess you don't want an actor who's giving a lot of really energetic performances like Cage, though, because he's going to be stringy, right? 
Is, is it, is, is yeah, that, that could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be a, a like you don't want a high stress level uh, actor. You want somebody you who's good low energy performer. Rob and I have just spent several minutes trying to look up character actors whose whose bodies uh, cultures of whose bodies we would apparently eat, but then like everybody we look up, we find out tragically died and we didn't realize it. Or died, you know, of, of old age. Uh, well, some of yeah. These, these guys were getting up in, in, in years. So anyway, the, the, it remains uh, an open discussion. All right, here's another one. This one comes to us from Albert. Hi, Robert and Joe. Once you started describing the Lamb of Tartary, my D&D mind immediately remembered... Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, a carnivorous plant monster that lures its victims to it by presenting a part of itself that resembles a bunny rabbit. You can search for images of it, but here is a link to the lore. No mention of whether Gygax, uh, Gary Gygax, was inspired by the Lamb of Tartary. Thanks and keep up the good work, Albert. Well, I dug up some illustrations for you to look at here, Rob. They they generally involve like a stump that has a big toothy mouth hidden in it mm-hmm. and then a bunny or a squirrel on top, and maybe some kind of root-like tentacles. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty cool. Um, I have to say I'm a little disappointed I hadn't seen this before. Um, I wasn't familiar with this monster. And looking into it a little bit more, it seems it, this could be because it was apparently introduced in the 1980 adventure Expedition to the Barrier Peaks, which I don't know at all, and then it was reprinted in 1983's Monster Manual 2, which I also didn't have any exposure to. And if I'm reading everything correctly, I do not think this monster has been published in an official D&D product since then, so that's probably why I've never seen it. Though um, though even if it had come out, and there's some additions, like basically I, I, I played AD&D 2nd Edition, I guess, and then I played fifth edition so uh there's there's plenty of room for it to have appeared and just to be completely off of my dnd radar mm. but it's a cool creature and i would i would love to encounter it the second image that you included and uh this one looks more recent and maybe this is something tied to a homebrew sort of thing but uh in this one it is a squirrel atop the uh the, the deadly threatening mod stump so what's the the idea is that your heroes would be like, look, a squirrel, let's approach it with our guard down. I, mean, I guess so. maybe that's why it hasn't popped up as much, because it reminds one of the Mimic, which is a great D&D monster and, you know, has expanded beyond D&D, which is, of course, this thing that looks like a treasure chest. And then when you get close to it or you open it, uh, it's filled with teeth because it's a monster that wants to trick you into getting close enough to the treasure chest that it eats you. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's very it's poetic because it's like, oh, your, your greed brings you in close to the monster's maw. And it's a fun-looking monster as well. Uh, simple design. Every, everything works with it. Uh, but with this, yeah, like what's, what's the deal? I guess if your characters are, are hungry enough to want to eat that squirrel or that rabbit uh, – then it then it works but otherwise yeah you just like we could pass these by all the day all the time in the real world and we're just not interested in catching that bunny rabbit or that squirrel uh okay now the next message i gotta warn you we got some dad jokes ahead but this is uh this is from mark and uh mark says dear joe robert and seth uh he he begins with some nice comments about the podcast but says you know i can't believe you would say something so ignorant 
as what you said in the vegetable lamb of Tartary episode, uh, which is that, you know, there are no plants that grow animals out of them. There's no such thing as a plant animal combination. And he, he goes on to say, I submit the following list, a partial list. I assure you of actual organisms offering literal proof that plants and animals have indeed combined. Have you considered the gooseberry, the fruit bat, the eggplant, the cabbage worm, the pig nut, the wood tick, the cow pea, the dogwood, the cat mint, the chickweed, the shadbush, the buckwheat, the bird lime, the fruit fly, and the crabgrass. Mark, I admit it. I was wrong. I, I stand corrected. Mark, Mark really had me here with this this email because it was a, it was a real roller coaster because I started reading it and I, I instantly was like, oh my goodness, what did we get wrong? We, we, yeah. we messed something up. Now we got to correct it and. And then I quick, then I realized, oh, it, it is a joke. It is a joke. He got me. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I read the beginning and I was like, oh, did we screw something up? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. Oh, and maybe while we're on the subject of dad jokes, uh, I'll move on to this next email. Uh, we got a response from our listener, Anna, on the, the dad joke episode. Uh, I'll just read a couple of the the jokes she includes in this message. Uh, first one, she says, I have to set up by saying I enjoy your passing mentions of uh, the book Jane Eyre and the movie Wuthering Heights. Question, what do you call a dinosaur that gets lost on the Yorkshire Moors? I don't know. What do you call a dinosaur that gets lost in the Yorkshire Moors? It's a Brontosaurus. Ah. And the second one is, why are mountains funny? Because they are hill areas. Oh, ooh, that one hurt. That one, that one cut deep. Thank you, Anna. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting. Uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Okay, this next message we're going to look at uh, was in response to older episodes we did on the Ark of the Covenant. Now, as a bit of background to explain this message, uh, in those episodes, we, we talked about stories of the Ark in the Hebrew Bible and elsewhere. And at some point, we discussed this uh, bizarre idea that some professor published in a newspaper in the 1930s that the Ark of the Covenant did exist, but was actually an electrical condenser and that Moses was a was a skilled electrician. Uh, suffice to say, there is there is no real evidence that this is actually what the Ark of the Covenant story is about. I would say this explanation is just operating on the ancient aliens principle. You know, it's what if when a story describes some magical event from the ancient world, it did actually happen, but it was caused by aliens or by anachronistic future technology. So uh, in this case, it would be when the Ark, you know, strikes someone dead for touching it or, or kills them with a tongue of flame for approaching in the wrong way. Uh, it must have actually been because this was an electrical condenser and they got 10,000 volts of static electricity and so forth, which is certainly a fun game to play. Not a very good way to get an accurate understanding of ancient literature. But uh, Lex gets in touch about these episodes, uh, starts off by saying some nice things about the show, and uh, then goes on with the message. Rob, Rob, do you want to read this one? Sure. Uh, Lex writes, I recently listened to some old episodes and love your discussion of the Ark of the Covenant in your episode from 2020. However, I did not want to write in about an episode that was recorded over three years ago and last aired in 2019. However, you mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark in your recent Weird House episode on The Devil Rides Out, so that felt like that was my chance. I especially loved part two of the episode, which focused on the electric arc. It instantly reminded me of one of my favorite songs of late. It's called Mercy Seat by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, uh, but you only should listen to the live version that I have linked below because the studio version is 
inferior. I was not familiar with this song. Were you, were you Joe? Oh yeah, I, uh, and I looked up th- this live version. This is this is a great song, uh, and uh, I've never noticed the connection that you're about to make here, Lex. But th- this is uh, wonderful, Rob. You should click on the link and and listen to it when you get a chance. Okay. Uh, Lex continues, the song is called Mercy Seat in reference to the Ark, but is primarily about an inmate waiting to be executed in an electric chair. I thought that this was fantastic, given the sometimes electric origin of the alien fire coming from the Ark of the Covenant, but I can't help but wonder if Nick Cave was exposed to and contemplated this mythology when writing the song. It certainly incorporates some other religious themes. Either way, I find the song to be chilling and emotional, and everyone should give it a listen. Johnny Cash also covered the song on his album American 3, Solitary Man, which I think you have talked about on the show. Thanks for always giving me such great content, Lex. Well, I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely listened to that album, so I, I have heard a cover of this song before. I just have, I'm blanking on it. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, it's, it's an excellent song. So Mercy Seed, of course, is the, the traditional name for the, the top of the Ark of the Covenant, the, the lid where it is described as the, uh, the angels with their wings outstretched toward the, the center of the, the Ark lid, but also as a euphemism for the electric chair. And, uh, I never would have noticed this connection that like these weird bronze punk theories of the electric arc being the, the, the uniting theme. So uh, excellent catch Lex. And I have to say, I don't, I don't think three years is too old uh, of an episode. No, write in about whatever you want. If it's really old and we're going to feature it, we, we might do like a refresher at the top of your message. It's no big deal. All right. This next message was about our episodes on the three pupil die. Uh, and this is from Josh warning. This email describes an eye injury, but it, uh, it does actually connect to a condition that we talked about in the episode of, uh, polychoria or pseudo polychoria, where it appears that a person has more than one pupil in their iris, uh, or in the same iris. And so Josh says, hi, all. When I was in middle and high school, Airsoft was very popular. If you aren't familiar, they are low-power guns that shoot plastic BBs about the size of a pencil eraser. A particularly popular activity was having Airsoft Wars, which were similar to paintball, but with less of a mess. Of course, an essential piece of equipment was safety glasses. On one occasion, a member of my church congregation was engaging in such an airsoft war without safety glasses. Mm. There was a Murphy's Law moment when he was hit in the eye. I wasn't there, so I don't know the full story, but after a couple of months with an eye patch, he revealed that a small portion of his iris had detached, leaving him with a second pupil. I think he said it did blur his vision a bit in that eye. That goes to show how fragile the eyes can be in comparison to pretty much every other part of the body. On a less gross note, the last time I wrote in, you read my message on the podcast. Shortly after it dropped, I got a text from my mom asking if I had written in. I had no idea she listened. This was the second podcast that something similar to this happened. Keep up the great work, Josh. What was the other podcast? (laughs) I mean, I, I I just love that Josh's mom is keeping such good tabs on him. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what this message was, Josh. So so I don't know what you're talking about. But I guess your mom knows you well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's 
speaking of which, you know, it goes without saying, I would hope, but I'll go and say it. If, if there's something you want to write in to us about and there's something you don't want, if you don't want it read on the air, uh, just say it. Just just let us know. Uh, right. Or if there's a portion of it you don't want read on the air, uh, just let us know and we can we can do that. So in the future, Josh, we can keep your mom out of this entirely. <laughs> also, shout out to Josh's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, here's another one. This one comes to, to us. Uh, this is a, from a vault episode on carnivorous plants, uh, which is timely. Uh, we're doing some, some, a lot of plant content recently. Jeremy writes in and says, hello, Joe and Robert. Uh, Jeremy begins by saying he's been listening to some older episodes, including the carnivorous plant episode that aired in 2016 and reran in 2020, um, which that's interesting. We usually don't, is that correct? We usually don't... Uh, do reruns like that, but um, I trust him. Uh, anyway, I Jeremy, think it was one of those big playlists that ran. Oh yes, at the the beginning of 2020, we were uh, we were uh, it was requested that shows put out some big play playlists, and uh, we we tried to make it fun, um, and uh, and so that was one that, that probably came out. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jeremy says you asked whether there are any plants that have evolved to feed on anything other than insects. I believe there is a potential. Uh, evolving example in the uh, Pisonia tree on Heron Island, Great Barrier Reef. The tree produces sticky burr-like seeds which entangle the knotty turned chicks which hatch in them. The chicks become so entangled that they cannot fly or escape and hence die beneath the tree, thereby fertilizing the soil. So the tree grows better, produces more seeds, and captures more chicks etc., etc. While not quite up to your example of vines lashing out to grab prey, the seeds are doing the same job. Cheers, Jeremy. I believe this tree is sometimes known as the catchbird tree. And, uh, and yeah, there, there was an article I found about it in JSTOR Daily that was pretty good if you want to look that up. This is interesting. Yeah, so this is this is not just local hearsay. Like, there, there's, been, there, there, there's been some serious work on this. But it also reminds me of the dream of G.K. Uh, Chesterton that um, that Borges relates uh, in his book that I that I um, I, I read that passage uh, concerning in our episodes on the vegetable lamb of Tartary. All right, should we dip into a little Weird House Cinema uh, devoted email? Oh, absolutely! Let's go for it. All right, uh, this one from Pat is uh, regarding The Devil Rides Out. This is the, uh, uh, the Hammer Horror film that we uh, discussed. Uh, so Pat writes, another great episode, a favorite film. I had fun going over the details. I wonder about your review of Christopher Lee. Could it be that you are not in tune with British sensitivities? I'm reminded of the demeanor of English Bob and Unforgiven. I think Brids would expect a Duke to, quote unquote, take on airs. Highly recommend The 7% Solution. Nicole Williamson as an over-the-top, coked-up Holmes. Alan Arkin as Freud. Robert Duvall as Watson. And a great cast of support. As always, you guys uh, need to keep it up. Thanks a lot, Pat. <laughs> we need to, huh? We need to. We have to. It's, it's required. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I still haven't seen The 7% Solution. I need to, I need to get around to it. Um, I, I love the cast. As for Christopher Lee taking on airs, this is something that I think Kim Newman brought up in the extras 
uh, on that Blu-ray for The Devil Rides Out, that there, you know, he talked about the the Britishness and ultimately the kind of the, to a modern viewer, unlikable um, upper crust Britishness of the Duke. Like there's that scene where he tells, I think he's telling Rex to, quote unquote, take one of the automobiles, take one of the cars, you know, it's just, it's no big deal. And there, the, 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 several, there's another character, you know, more than one character just sort of leaves an automobile somewhere. Like it, it doesn't even matter. You've got more at home. Simon, I'd rather see you dead than take the tube. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to come back and do a Christopher Lee movie at some point where he, he plays a more, more likable character, which is to say even a villain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's the most lovable villain ever in The Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah. All right, should we do one more? Uh, how Let's about this do one? one more. Okay, this one from Macarius. Macarius says, Hey, Robin Joe, longtime listener, first time writer. Really enjoyed your podcast on the Mark Hamill Guyver movie. I've never seen it personally, but I have a real fondness for The Guyver 2, <laughs> Dark Hero. Uh, which is the sequel. My uncle actually owned the VHS copy from the nineties, but I didn't ever watch the movie. I was just kind of entranced by the alien looking dude on the cover. It was only many years later that I actually sought out the film. Little bit of trivia, the main actor in it, David Hayter, who plays Sean, is the voice behind Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid series of games. Ah. I knew for years that he was uh, at first an actor and had heard it was this anime-esque Guyver movie, but didn't put two and two together until watching the film on YouTube. It's still there, and searching on the internet and recognizing the cover from my childhood. It's not an especially great movie, it's very low budget, wooden acting, kind of stilted action sequences, but I still have an overbearing fondness for it. It helps that there was a two month long span where my wife was working very early mornings and it became something of a morning ritual that following her 5 a.m. alarm, I'd wake up, pop Guyver 2 Dark Hero on and try to get a couple of hours dozing before heading to work. <laughs> Anyways, love the show, Macarius. Oh, wow. Wow. That. That's such a heartwarming story. I, I love hearing when people have some sort of a you know, very particular relationship with an ultimately kind of obscure film like this, um, you know, where it's, 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 not, it's not everybody's tradition, but it has become this person's tradition or it was their tradition at some point. Uh, so, so that's great. Um, yeah, the David Hayter detail about Solid Snake, that's, that's fascinating as well. The Giver. What does that mean? <laughs> um, yeah, so this, the, the thanks for, for writing in on this. Um, uh, and, uh, like I say, I love, I love little stories like this. Uh, we, we also heard from another listener about the Giver who really uh, filled us in on the lore of the Giver. Uh, so we're going to have to save that one for next time. So if you okay. want more Giver listener mail, uh, you know, you know where, where to find it. It's going to be next Monday on Stuff to Blow Your Mind listener mail. Perfect. In the meantime, uh, what else do we put out in the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast feed? Well, we put out episodes of Stuff to Blow Your Mind. We do that on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
That's those are the core episodes. That's the science and the culture and the mythology and and so forth. On Wednesdays, we're still doing short form artifact or monster fact episodes. And on Friday, that's the time for listen. Uh, that's the time. No, uh, take that back. That's the time for Weird House Cinema. That's when we set aside most serious matters and we just talk about a weird film. All right. So yeah, those are the episodes. That's where you find them. Uh, and yeah, keep keep writing in. Let us know your thoughts on uh, past episodes, potential future episodes and everything in between. Huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other, to suggest a topic for the future, or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Network.